the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. This is our two, Fourth of July weekend and open line Friday. I hope that you are having a good day. If you are traveling, I hope that you have safe travels and that you do safe things with fireworks or whatever you plan to do this weekend. And uh, maybe your traveling is very safe because you're not moving on the uh, freeways down here. If so, give me a call, 888-528-2557. We'd love to know what your plans are for the weekend. We've been talking about freedom, of course. It is um, Fourth of July weekend and Independence Day. And um, there are so many things to talk about with freedom. It's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about anything that you want to talk about. And I'll, I got a hunch that we can make just about anything move us back into the conversation about freedom. Because as Galatians tells us, we are called to be free. It's something about who we are as people. The number is 888-528-2557. I want to get to the phone here because I got a couple of people who've been on hold for a a long time. Ted, welcome to Southern California Live. Thanks for holding on for so long. How you doing, Scott? I'm good, Ted. Good, Ted. City of the Angels once again. I was raised in L.A., Cold City, and uh, uh, played L.A. Elementary School. And uh, I had a teacher, Miss Kitagawa, fourth grade, God rest her soul. But she said, if you don't memorize the preamble to the Constitution of the United States of America, you will not go on to the fifth grade. So all of us, we we memorized it. I still can paraphrase it. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide the common defense, promote the general welfare, secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. And we did the Pledge of Allegiance every day, put our hand on our heart, and had a, a flag in the schoolroom. Uh, I was paddled in sixth grade because I deserved it. <laughs> and I thought, boy, my dad uh, disciplined me harder, so I didn't even cry. We, we were in a, an amazing country. People came here because we respect God. Mm. Pledge of Allegiance this flag, one nation under God. And it will always be that way. And there is an opposition right now, but this is an opportunity for us Christians to rise up and protect what uh, so many of us have died for. And uh, I'm just so grateful to be an American. And, uh, you know, I just I'm grateful for people like you. You're a great man. I've told you this before. Well, thank uh, you. uh, That's about it, sir. I'm going to leave it to you. Uh, Have a blessed Fourth of July and God bless you. All right, Ted. Well, that was impressive that you've got that memorized. I think even more impressive that uh, they made you memorize that in the fourth grade. Uh, So uh, good for you, Ted. That is, uh, you know, I think that's some of the thing is what are we teaching today in in class? Are we actually teaching our, our history? I think you need to teach the good, the bad, the ugly of our history, but you got to teach it. Uh, and then you got to include the good. Uh, I mentioned before in the last hour the farewell addresses of different presidents, and they have different things to say um, about that. President Reagan's farewell address, he was concerned about that very thing, that we were not teaching uh, the history of our country. Here's what he said. I read a letter from a young woman writing to her late father, 
who had fought on Omaha Beach. Her name was Lisa Zanetta Hen, and she said, We will always remember, we will never forget what the boys of Normandy did. Well, let's help her keep her word. If we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. I'm warning of an eradication of that, of the American memory that could result ultimately in an erosion of the American spirit. So the president uh, warned about that even back in the 80s, even at a time where we were a lot more united. I mean, Reagan got 525 electoral votes and um, it was a different time. And he was warning, though, that we were no longer teaching our, our history and uh, where we're at today, I think, is um, because we did not heed that warning in a lot of ways. But I think that coming back to it is uh, something we can do. And we don't have to come back to some watered-down fake version of it. We should teach all the history uh, that is there, but hold on to the ideals of who we are and uh, what it is that we bring to the world. One of the problems today with a lot of the criticism, not just of America, but sort of the frustration that we have with whatever it is people might be frustrated with, is that we want to burn it down, but we have nothing to replace it with. That there is an idea of just harshly criticizing and dividing everything, but there is nothing practical to replace it with. And I would say to that, well, what are you going to replace the United States with? What would you replace the Congre- the Constitution with? What out there is uh, actually working pretty well? And if you've heard that it's working someplace else, I would challenge you to really go look at their history and then ask yourself why in most of those places are they really hoping they can get over here? Uh, there's a reason for that. So it isn't that we should sugarcoat the, the things that we've done wrong, but we have a goal. We have something that is precious, uh, a country that is driven by freedom, a country that is founded on some ideas that we said this, the Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Self-evident in modern language, it means duh. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the thing is, is that we haven't always kept that ideal, but it is the ideal that we should be striving for all the time. And that's good. You've got to have a goal. You've got to have something to reach for. It would be a bummer if you kind of reached your goals and you're kind of like, okay, what do we do now? Um, Imagine if, you know, one of the great uh, vision statements of all time, as far as companies go and businesses, is Microsoft's vision was to, uh, what was it, have a personal computer on every desk in every home. Imagine if they did that and then they just closed shop. Well, we achieved our goal. Uh, You want to have a higher goal. You want to have a goal that you can really reach. And uh, this is the highest goal I think that we can have as a nation until Jesus comes back. And we have a lot of work to do with that. 888-528-2557. We're talking about Freedom Independence Day. What are your plans? What do you hope to do? What are your thoughts about freedom? 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday, so you can change the subject if you want to and talk about the Bible or talk about something going on in the world. And we will take your calls on all of that today. Let's go to Linda in Los Angeles. Linda, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, Scott. Thank you for taking my call. It's a pleasure. Well, thank you, Linda. Um, I heard you say that you moved here to L.A. from San Diego. That's true. Just this week. How long How long did you live in San Diego? 27 years. Wow. Uh, and I wow. Lived there. Well, that's a leap. Yeah, I lived there. I was actually <laughs> born uh, here in L.A., in the L.A. area. And then when I was six months old, uh, we moved to San Diego 
and we lived there three years. And then my parents moved to, uh, when I was three and a half, my parents moved to Palmdale, California. Um, when I was uh-huh. f- four and a half, I found them. No, I'm kidding. I came with them. And uh, so really, I spent 30 years of my life in San Diego. The rest of my life I have spent here in the L.A. area, and I'm glad to be back. Well, I just want to bless you. Um, L.A. can be an, can be an adventure. It all depends what you do. Uh-huh. And um, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Well, thank you. And uh, I just wanted to thank you. Um, there, I mean, it, you don't, speaking of freedom, uh, you don't have all the freedoms you want here in the county. But there are communities like Pasadena and uh, Orange County and the beach communities where they don't have the mask requirement <laughs> and the, the card you know, so that's a that's a relief. Yeah, that's a relief. it can be different county to county for sure. Well, thank you, Linda, for your your comments, and thank you for being a listener and welcoming me to uh, L.A. And uh, I love L.A. Thank you for calling, Linda. I love L.A. I always have. I always I've always been a Dodger fan. It's always been kind of a, an area of contention for uh, people in San Diego. Um, and I like the Padres. I, I have a whole thing on how you can be a Dodger fan and a Padre fan at the same time. But the Padre fans, I know if you're listening in San Diego, uh, you don't really understand that. But as a Dodger fan, you need to understand that we don't really care that much about the Padres from a rivalry standpoint. Uh, it's not that's not it doesn't go that direction. Uh, except for that, you know, that era with the Kurt Bavakwa and Tommy Lasorda, you know, we can get into that sometime. You know, there was a time when there was a problem, but we resolved all of that. The other side of it for us Dodger fans is it's the Giants. It's probably more important for me that the Giants lose than it is that the Dodgers win. See, that's a rivalry. That's the attitude I have. Anyway, I'm, I'm glad to be here in L.A. We're having fun. My family's having fun. We're uh, going to see a whole bunch of stuff. And I give people a tour of L.A. It's called the Scott Furrow Tour of L.A. No, I do not sell tickets. But I, I have always taken friends ever since I was in college. I'd put friends in the car and we'd drive over all over L.A. And the great thing about digital music now in the car is i've got it i've got a soundtrack and i've got dodger songs when we go up there i've got uh, movie things when we're in hollywood i've got songs about the beach i've got songs about old ladies driving in pasadena and i've got songs about nobody walks in la and we talk about it nobody's walking in this town how do we do that and there's a song right uh lots of great stuff great stuff on that tour it's a great town we live in and in spite of the fact that you might want to escape to go to another county once in a while because of different things uh, it's a great town, and I would encourage you in your your voting to uh, think about that and to say, why is it that people would escape to another county? Sometimes just going across the street uh, and things are a little different. That is part of freedom is we get to choose that, and we get to choose those kinds of things by choosing our leaders. And uh, so pay attention. It's an election year. It matters a lot, and local elections matter a lot. I think that's part of the Uh, American spirit that we need to remember is that we put too much attention on what goes on in Washington, D.C., you know, half the stuff that the president says, he can't do that. Uh, But your local representatives can, you know, they matter quite a bit for a lot of the stuff going on. 888-528-2557-888-528-2557. Raina, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, Raina? Raina, are you with me? All right, Raina, I'm going to uh, put you back on hold. Yes, oh, I am. Oh, I there am, you I are. Am. You just beat the buzzer. Sorry. <laughs> yes, thank you for taking my call. Like you say, Raina Diaz, and I live in Duarte, California. I was born in El Salvador, and freedom is yeah. a country that I was blessed to come. 
1975. Okay, I've been to El Salvador. Say that again? I've been to El Salvador a couple of times. Oh. It's a beautiful country. Beautiful country. It is. Yes, it is. Thank you. And I will tell you that my journey here in California has been wonderful. I've been blessed to serve my community. Uh, I became uh, official resident to the United States in 1985. And then um, five years later, I became American citizen. And about three years later, I became uh, the first. Latina women elected to the school board in Duarte. I've been serving in that position for 25 years, mm. but it's not that much what I have received, but what I have received. I feel my country is United States. I've been in Normandy. I've been in Pearl Harbor. And my heart broke and I cried because I know that many thousands of lives already pay for our freedom. And I will tell you that God bless America. God bless America. <laughs> the, the land that I I love, Reina. That is really a a great. Uh, Reina, thank you for uh, for your testimony of our of our country. And I know El Salvador is beautiful. I've been there, but. Uh, I know what you're saying about the United States, and we are a country, one of the things about our freedom is that we are a country where people can come from any background, from any place, and yes. they they actually can become Americans and have yes. the same feeling and, that and you it, have. It is a wonderful honor to be an American, and, and, and I know people is the one who make everything possible, and uh, this country has been able to help me to help El Salvador and to help Guatemala and other countries to improve in education, to improve mm-hmm. in different um, ways. So thank you for allowing me to speak in your program. And God bless you. Reina, thank you for America. Thank you. Thank you for calling our show today. And I'm so glad that uh, you are an American. And I'm glad that you still love El Salvador. It's great down there. Hey, you know, uh, if you're looking for a, a tool, you know, something to really help, maybe you want to do something on the 4th of July that's more than just the barbecue and more than all the different stuff, more than the hot dogs uh, and whatever. I read that Americans are going to have 150 million, eat 150 million hot dogs on Monday. It's enough hot dogs to go from L.A. to Washington, D.C. and back five times. Um, and that's that's just one guy at that hot dog eating contest. It's amazing how many hot dogs we're going to eat. And that's great. It's great that you have the freedom to do that, the the freedom to uh, then go throw up, I guess, is what you would do. But um, that's our country. But if you want to have it, the 4th of July have a little bit more meaning, you know, one of our, our friends here at KKLA across the hall in our sister station is Dennis Prager, who's on KRLA here. And uh, on his website, PragerU, you ever go to his website, there's some there's some great stuff on there. They have a 4th of July declaration And if you wanted to do something that's fun with your friends or with people that you invite over or people at your your pool party, here's what they recommend you do. Uh, You get some materials. You get some sweet iced tea, some salty pretzels, some strawberries, blueberries, and whipped cream. See, it's red, white, and blue. Uh, You get a little bell, an American coin. 
a uh, printed version of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, get one that's unsigned. That's what they want you to do. They're going to have you sign it is the idea. And then the lyrics to God Bless America, you just heard Raina sing it. And uh, you can sing it yourself. And if you go on there, this ceremony is called the 4th of July Declaration. You can actually walk your family through it and go to PragerU, the website Prager Prager University is what it's called. And um, you can ask questions of your kids. I might do this with my kids. I think I'm going to. It says, why do we celebrate the 4th of July? Because the 4th of July is the birthday of the American people, the day we chose to become the United States of America, a free and independent nation. Uh, Why is America different from all other countries? Uh, In 1776, countries were based on nationality, religion, ethnicity, and geography, but America was created on the basis of a set of ideas, and that's still true today. See, that's why everybody can become an American. And then you are given the opportunity to discuss words that are uh, important in our country, liberty and God we trust on our coins and e pluribus unum. You find all of that on the coins. And uh, so there's some different things you can do. You can drink the iced tea to remember and teach about the Boston Tea Party when patriots dumped British tea into the ocean rather than pay unfair taxes to King George. And you can eat a pretzel to remember that President George W. Bush choked on a pretzel and almost died. No, that's not the reason. You eat a pretzel. That's true, though, that he did. That was. It's really scary. You know, he's choke on a pretzel. Um, he he was fine later on. I don't know if they, you know there might be a story one day. You know, in the George W. Bush Library that he uh, went to the hospital for that. I don't know what really happened. Uh, but you eat a pretzel to remember the suffering of the the salty tears of the soldiers during the harsh winter at Valley Forge. Uh, you ring a small bell to remember when the the Liberty Bell, that's now in Philadelphia, when it rung to proclaim the surrender of the king's armies. Think about that moment. Just an incredible moment. And you eat the strawberries, blueberries dipped in the whipped cream to celebrate the American pride, symbolized by the colors of the American flag. There's a whole lot of things that you can do on here to uh, to commemorate the 4th of July and really take a look at it as uh, not just a day to be off and have some fun. Um, go to DennisPrager.com, DennisPrager.com. You can find that, and uh, it's right on the front page right now, uh, 4th of July Declaration. And uh, I think you'll find that enjoyable, a way to uh, take a look at the country. And I think you can even take a look at the the Declaration itself and uh, read it. Come to the the understanding of what it meant, what people are were saying that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That whole deal, that these rights come from God, matters tremendously. And whenever we lose, we're worried about losing our freedom, it's because we start to think that those rights come from the government. It, It matters tremendously that we recognize this. Even if you struggle to believe in God or you're not quite sure or you're you're kind of a agnostic with things, if if your rights do not come from God, then they come from Joe Biden and they come from the Congress and they come from the Supreme Court and they come from the next president and they come from the next Congress and the next Supreme Court and the next governor and the next mayor, all of those things. And that's a scary thing, isn't it? Like whichever side of the aisle you're on, you got to be careful because even if you like the people in power now, they may not be in power next year. And if they're the ones giving you rights or giving them and taking away, uh, that's going to wreck the country. And it wrecks the country because that's not who we are. Our forefathers understood 
that there was something really important about making sure that our our rights that people understood they came from our creator that it isn't something that is granted to you simply because government says so uh that there are certain rights right to to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness not a right of happiness but a right to pursue it uh that god gives all people and we need to fight to make sure we're giving those things to all people. This is Open Line Friday, and you can call us and uh, join our conversation about freedom, about Fourth of July, or anything at all. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. And uh, I hope that you have some uh, good plans this weekend, that your travels will be safe. And uh, maybe it's the first time in a couple of years that you are traveling. Three-cent gas tax went into effect today, so gas prices went up another three cents, all due to uh, taxes right here in California. But the uh, California government uh, and Governor Newsom signed a, a new budget that includes a a refund to you of California taxes, $350 a person in your household up to one kid. So if there are three of you in your household you're going to get $1,000 $1,050, and you're going to get it in October just in time for the election to remind you of uh, of who loves you. I'm just kidding. But I think that's the reason, right? It's like, why are we? It, why is it going to be the end of October and not right now when people are going crazy and they need, the gas prices are huge and you just raised them three cents? Why can't I have my $350 now? It's because the election is in November. But I think that's the reason. There's probably a budgetary reason, but uh, I don't know. Sounds fishy to me. Uh, anyway, that's coming to you. So hopefully that will help you, though, and uh, be a good help to you. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. Give us a call right now. Open line Friday. Anything you would like to talk about, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back in just a moment with Southern California Live. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. The great Ray Charles. Great, great version of that song. Every 4th of July, you need to be playing that song. Open line Friday, 888-528-2557. We're talking about freedom and um, our our plans for this weekend, 888-528-2557. I want to talk about uh, who we are and the the conscience of America. There used to be and I think that we still have it a little bit, but there's a sense of a national conscience. We used to read about this more often in our leaders' writings and speeches until not too long ago. John F. Kennedy in his famous inaugural address where he said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. He ends the speech with this statement. He says, with a good conscience, our only sure reward. He's talking about leadership in the world, and he's talking about all kinds of different issues. Uh, nuclear proliferation. He's talking about the expansion of communism. He's talking about global poverty. He's talking about getting along in this country and and the civil rights in our country and that movement that had been started. And he said, we need to all lead together and we need to do things. And he says, our reward is this, with a good conscience, our only sure reward, meaning the only thing we're going to get for sure is a good conscience, that we can't do it, you know, expecting that we're going to get a whole bunch of stuff in in response, that maybe we're going to sacrifice ourselves and not get a bunch of stuff, but we'll have a good conscience. He writes 
he says then with the history, the final judge of our deeds, let us go forth and lead the land we love, asking God's blessing and God's help, but knowing that here on earth, God's work must truly be our own. He's talking about taking care of your neighbor. He's talking about the idea that freedom is something that is something that we have to fight for and that part of the national conscience is that we aren't just concerned about our own rights, but we're concerned about the rights of each other. And the breakdown for us today is that we tend to be more about fighting for our own rights at the expense of the rights of other people, or we make things a right that aren't really a right, and then we fight for those things. Um, we have to get back to the conscience of a nation that needs to be built on the ethics of a Judeo-Christian ethic, the idea that you love your neighbor as yourself, that this is the way forward. 888-528-2557 is the number. Hector from Ontario, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, how's it going, Scotty? Good, Hector. How are you today? Oh, man, it's hot over here when I'm out in Ontario. I bet it is. (laughs) But it's like there's not that bad of a lot. It's actually guys yeah, it's cold like it's cooled down a lot. Yeah. But um but but yeah, let's get to my question though. Uh just uh have the question of free of like free will and who do who do we trust? Like um we know how God created everything and he created the archangels, he created us. Also, um, I believe he created also the, the demons that are below us, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like our father for like you know, for for everything. He's like, I do believe it and in our God a lot in the light. But what if, what if, how do you know that like, we have guardian angels and, you know, probably guardian demons? I'm not saying to go to the dark side because eventually the light always wins. But I'm just very curious. What, what if, you know, there's, there's, um, there's dark entities out there that, you know, they want what we have, which we have free will. And then there's archangels on top of us. So, so, so maybe our protectors, they also want free will as well. So who do we know who to trust? How do you? To, I feel like yes. I, I feel like we have to respect both worlds. I'm not saying to join. You know, like obviously we have protocol to be with you know be with the light, be with the Lord. Of course, you know don't don't doubt. I don't doubt myself or anything about that. Mm-hmm. But I do, with all due respect. Like don't we have to have to have respect for the demons down below too? I'm not saying to join them, but don't we have to have a form of respect? Well, you have to. You know, I wouldn't say respect in the sense of you know, of, of worship or appreciation. You need, you need to have a respect, uh, in the idea that they exist, that they have a purpose to destroy you. And I think that if you really want to, um, show, you know, have some sort of respect, it would be this, that demons have excellent theology. They know exactly who Jesus is. They know that he's the savior and they know what's coming for them. And so, uh, you know, on that respect, I, you know, I think, you know, if you're wondering, you know, what do they believe? Well, they believe that Jesus is the uh, the Savior, that he's the Son of God, that he is um, who he says he is. And, you know, I think that's really um, a very important part of the Scripture that we understand. We don't know everything there is to know about the other world about demons and angels and the other, you know, heavenly, you know, creatures that are described in in the Bible. And I think we go down a, a wrong path when we start to try to understand them when we don't really have anything in the Bible beyond what the Bible says to describe them. Does that make sense? Um, well, you know, that makes total, 
Yeah. So what I would do is trust um, trust that the uh, the demons know that they are condemned. They know that Jesus is the Savior, and then therefore you need to make sure that you know that Jesus is the Savior and you worship Him alone. And, definitely, I know. That. And then I know. Sorry to interrupt you, but just real quick, um, I totally agree with you in every aspect of what you're talking about. But what if what if maybe do like demons get a second chance? Like to at least maybe, maybe what if they get tired of being a demon? Like, what if they get tired of being in the dark side? Like, they, can they get a second chance, or can they, like, transform? Because I know, I'm, as I remember, God sent down one of the best angels, which is Samuel. You know, like, hey, I need you to go downstairs, go go down to earth with Lucifer and keep an eye on them for me, you know? Like, well, you have to be a demon, so. You know you what? Know, I don't want to go. I don't want to go, God, but, you know, you got you got, you got no free will. You got to go. Yeah, you know. So, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah, here's the thing. Can is that. a second chance? Yeah, Hector, the the answer, I think the answer to that is no. Uh, They will be in the book of Revelation. Ultimately, the devil and his angels are tossed into the lake of fire. Okay, that's how that ends for them. Um, You know, if there's some other um, thing going on in that relationship, we don't know what it is. God decided not to reveal that to us. Instead, what he tells us is that there is spiritual warfare going on. And that the way we prepare for it is we put on the armor of God. So the the way we prepare for it isn't that we go out and figure out everything that the angels and demons are doing or that we try to add a whole bunch of stuff to the scriptures that isn't there. That instead we focus on Jesus Christ. We focus on the calling that we have in Christ. We make disciples. We We tell people Jesus died for their sins that the guilt that they experience, that uh, whatever is going on in their their life, their spiritual angst is taken care of by Jesus on the cross. And we pray. One of the reasons we pray is because of the spiritual um, battle that is going on. We're not told everything about the spiritual battle. I think it's a mistake when Christians tend to go down the road of, well, the devil's doing this and angels are doing this. We got to be careful. Yeah. You know, we don't because we don't really know what we what we know is that the the devil and his demons are here to deceive. You know, how is the how is the devil described in the Bible? He's not described as a red little guy with uh, with horns and a and a pitchfork and a long pointy tail. No, sir. He's just dimensional in a way. He's just like, de- just he, like God is. No, he's he's designed. He's described as an angel of light. He's described as beautiful. Because he yeah. is deceptive. That's something that is, I think, the most important thing. So what I would say to you, Hector, is don't worry about it. Instead, worry about Christ and how you're making disciples and get into the Word of God. And if it's not in the Word of God, it's interesting to think about. But you're you're going down a road where you just don't know um, where it's going to lead. And God doesn't point you that way. Instead, he points you back to him. So you stay on the path of the Word of God and following Jesus and you pray, and then you don't worry about it. Let God work out those Cody, other those Cody, other details. That is the most that is the most amazing answer. You just put a big smile on my face. Well, and you know what? You're right. You all put right. A big smile on my face. No, because you sound totally right about it. And um, I think why 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 am I getting too busy about learning about the demons and the angels? And we gotta live our purpose. And as long as we believe in the, in the Lord and Savior and the light, that's all we gotta worry about, right? Just do the right thing. Sure. All right, Hector. Thank you for your call. Just stay focused on the Word of God and focus. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ and the things that you can know. Thank you for calling Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Let's go to Lonnie and Chino. Lonnie, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I have. My daughter's friend, 
he has been here. He's from Mexico. He's been here since he was two years old. Mm-hmm. He cannot. He cannot become a citizen. When he came here, they said, "Oh, you're you're here one one year too early or too late for DACA." Okay. So this poor kid is in limbo. Can't get a green card. You know, it's how do I help this kid? Was he brought here by his parents, and are they still here? The mom. Mom is still here. Does she have a green card? I don't know, honestly. Okay. You know, there's some there's a lot of different answers to that and that's one of the uh political footballs that's kind of going back and forth about what do you do for people who might have entered the country illegally with their parents or some other family member or somebody else, um, but they were two years old and you know, they didn't know what they were doing. Um, you know, they didn't in any sort of conscious way, break any laws or do anything like that. And they obviously wouldn't know how to apply for citizenship or things like that. What I would do is, uh, you know, talk to find out what the mom knows and what she's, you know, trying to do herself. Cause maybe a process is going on that, uh, you're not aware of. And then I would, I would, this is, you know, my thought on a lot of this stuff is that we have almost no policy that we're following as a country one way or the other. And at some point, you got to have you have to have you know a immigration policy uh, rather than no immigration policy, right? That's kind of where we're at. Um, Yep. And um, so uh, that would be an area that I would look into is to find out what the actual situation is. And uh, you know, there's lots of conversation about citizenship or permanent residency, those kinds of things. and that's it's just very hard. It's a political football, but you can still love your friend and help them make sure that they're taken care of, you know, regardless of whatever their legal status is. You know, I think we're called to love right. people and uh, do the best we can uh, to, to help them. And, you know, write your congressperson and say, why can't we have a immigration policy? It's ridiculous what we're yeah. doing. I think I think, <laughs> you know, it's I think there's a way probably to answer all these questions that if it wasn't a fundraising mechanism for both sides which it is, yeah. this, this is my political cynicism, is that we don't want to solve it because both sides write letters and raise a lot of money. Um, you know, one side wants open borders and they're letting in everybody and all the criminals and this and that and we got to raise the money. The other side wants to wall it off and they don't care about kids and don't care about anybody else and you raise a bunch of money on the emotion of all of that. I don't think most people actually, I think most people want an immigration policy that makes sense, that has a controlled border, and that is fair to people. Yeah. I think people want that, yeah. and and uh, I think that is, uh, you know, whatever the answer is to that is hard, but we uh-huh. need to do the hard things. So, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. take care of your friend and, uh, you know, talk to your congressperson yeah. and talk to her. Yes, talk to your friend. Oh, yeah, talk to, my daughter's friend, yeah. talk to your daughter's friend's mom, find out what the deal is. All right. Thank you, uh, Lonnie, for your call. And thanks for calling Southern California Live. I got to take a break and then I'll get back to your calls and we'll we'll finish our our show today. The number is 888-528-2557. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. Fourth of July weekend, Independence Day weekend. You watch that movie, Independence Day? I think that they're going to show that, I think, in my neighborhood. I don't know, somebody's front yard or something. We're going to watch it. Uh, you know what I like about that movie? It's the one with the space aliens and Will Smith. And um, I forget who else is in it. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, yes, Jeff Goldblum, that guy who talks this way now. He just I don't know. It's a whole new persona that guy's got. But um, 
You know what I like about that movie is that the aliens who come down here, they don't come down here with some sort of, you know, moral sense that they're better than any of us, like most alien movies. They just come down here to kill us. That's what they're here to do. They ask them, they ask aliens in that movie, what, you know, what can we do? And the alien just says, die. Like, all right, that's the right kind of alien movie. Let's wipe them out. Independence Day, 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday. Let's go to Nate in Beverly Hills. Nate, thanks for holding. Welcome to Southern California Live. How's it going, bro? Good. How you doing, Nate? All right, all right. I had a question. Uh, I've been with this church for almost 10 years, and uh, the last five years or so, I've been just, I guess you can say, I've been begging to do something, you know, either with you or or anything, and, and I'm constantly, I feel like I'm getting a runaround. So I, I don't quite know what to do. I'm getting to the point where if I don't end up helping and doing something, I might end up, you know, like backsliding myself. And I feel like, you know, if if the pastor is like holding you back, you feel like, should you look for another church or, or what's your, what, do you, what do you suggest I do if, you know, say go out into the vineyard and work, but you're not giving me the opportunity to do anything. Mm. Even though I'm qualified and I show that I'm qualified, you know, I mean, he, he takes ideas that I bring up. He says they good ideas. I wrote stuff that he can put in the lobby for the uh, members, and he said it's good. He put one out, but it seemed like he just he won't let me progress, you know, in the kingdom. I don't know if I'm in a, wasting my time with his church or should I move on. So you want to volunteer in some ways, and uh, you're not finding a place to do that? Well, I believe I should be helping my the church that I, you know, I, um, I'm a member of. Yeah. You know, so I'm trying to do work within my church. I don't want to venture off sure. with another church, and I'm, you know what I mean. So, Are you asking to do a specific I, chore or just anything? Anything. I don't give. I don't care what it is. I need. I need to do something because I'm getting restless spiritually speaking. Because yeah. I'm not using any of my gifts. You know what I mean. All right. Well, here's. I don't, I don't, I don't care what it is. Here's what I'd tell you, uh, Nate. Do a couple of things. Number one. Um, have you told your pastor about this? Have you said, hey, I've been asking to do all this stuff and I can't get plugged in? Continuously. I'm, I'm constantly, uh, I say at least every week I'm emailing him about something. What does he say? You know, and I feel like, I, I, you know, just giving him my ideas. And one time he told me to put it in writing, so I wrote like a 10-page report on my thing because I want to be a counselor for the church. The church has no spiritual counselor, so that's what I'm trying to do. Oh, okay, so it is specific. Okay. Well, I, I yes, think. Yes, I, well, he haven't answered that, so I'm I'm just throwing anything. I'm like, let me write some things, and you know, maybe we can. I can mail it to the people who hasn't been showing up due to COVID. We can have a mail ministry and just reach out to people who don't want to come to church because of COVID through mail, and then hmm. maybe they get some kind of position through the spirit for the mail, end up coming back in the church. Yeah, you know, so many ideas, and I'm I'm just not getting anywhere with it. Well, I, I don't. Let me give you a couple of insights and options, uh, and this is coming from a guy who's been in pastor for 25 years, okay? Um, either, you know, I think you should just be blunt, and if the answer is just no, they don't want you to serve that way, they need to just say that, um, right. right? And sometimes what's going on, though, is that there is so much stress and busyness going on with the pastor or other church leaders that they don't, they're not deliberately trying to put you off there is just so much going on that they're barely getting through the day. I mean, that, and it's not an excuse, wow. and it's not the way it should be. It just that happens sometimes, um, and that's why I think if you just go in and try to get them to clarify, is this even an option for me? 
And then if it, if it, if it's not an option for you, then I would think of it in two ways. One is you've been there 10 years. Um, there's nothing in the scripture that says you have to stay with the same congregation the whole time. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's good and bad reasons why people leave churches. You know, if you're looking for the perfect church, you know, you're not going to find it. Um, mm-hmm. What you've got to ask yourself is, is God calling me to this kind of ministry? And if he is, maybe a part of it is he's calling me to another congregation where I will have the opening to do it. You know, like if you're going to if you're going to go to another church, the best reason to go to another church is because God is calling you to do a ministry that that church needs you to do where the church you're at now is either unable or unwilling to get you into that ministry. Does that make sense? So you got to look at it as what's God calling you to do? Because the other the other side of that is maybe you're not good at the thing you want to do and God's calling you to do a different kind of ministry altogether. You know, that happens a lot in music ministry. You know, somebody. He complimented me on what the, the writings I do, so I, I don't understand yeah. what it is. Well, I would I would go ask him you know? and just say, "Hey, I I just need to know if this is possible, and if it's not, I understand. Uh, I might look for another congregation to do it." Uh, All, right, and see okay. it. All right, uh, hang in there, Nate, and just and really try to figure out what God wants you to do. I, I think uh, that that's a real good. I called in yesterday and you gave an answer, but I wasn't able to hear it because you did an answer again. I was asking you if you know God called you to lead. You know, what are the steps you do if you know you're going to lead? Oh, about leading. In the middle of it. Yeah, and you were telling me to sacrifice. You can repeat what you said. I appreciate it. Yeah, okay. Now I understand your situation a little better. All right. Good deal. And in the meantime, yeah, go serve somewhere, you know, at your church while you're there. You know, set up, tear down, park cars, you know, clean up afterward, be a servant and see what happens. All right, Nate, thank you very much for your call and for listening. Let's go to uh, Jaquel in Compton. Jaquel? Jaquel? Hello, how are you? I can't hear you too well. I'm going to put you on hold and come back to you in in, uh, just a moment there, uh, Jaquel. Am I saying your name right? All right, are you ready? I'm coming back to you. Jaquel? Jaquel? Or maybe it's Jack Lee. You know, my eyes aren't be- aren't too good, and I'm looking at the uh, screen there. You know, I'm not. I'm going to put you on hold and let our screener talk to you, and uh, we'll come back to you. I'm going to go to uh, David now from Boyle Heights. David, welcome to Southern California Live. Screen there. You know, I'm not going to put you on hold and let our screen. Hi, David. Go ahead and turn your radio down. You are on the air. Boyle Heights, David. Welcome to Southern. David. Yes, I was just. Hello. Hi, David. Go ahead. Yes, I was just concerned about why uh, you have uh, people that come without the green card and uh, they just uh, can't get legalized. Uh-huh. And their parents have been here so long. They have uh, children or daughters. Um, I'm sorry, not children. They're sure. adults now. Yeah. And then uh, one is graduated out of uh, college and stuff like that. And I just want to know why, and because you, you spoke on that just a moment ago. Like, why is it happening? Yeah. Yeah. All right, David, I'm going to let you go because we only have a couple of minutes left. So the reason why it's happening is we don't have a coherent immigration policy. That's number one. Number two is it's happening because of tremendous poverty below the border and uh, crises around the world. And I think we should also have policies of uh, helping those countries out. That's a whole nother show. 
uh, that maybe we will do. But uh, having no policy is uh, part of the problem. All right, uh, Jackie, one more time. Jackie, yes. you with me? Yes, Jackie. This is Jackie from Compton. Hi, Jackie yes, from Compton. Hi. I wanted to share a, a story really quick about Okay, real quick. I got happy. like 30 seconds. Yes, really, really quick. Happiness is searching for God, and I'll tell you why. I was going through a lot of problems in my life, and I wasn't in church anymore. I stopped going to church, and I was actually going to the liquor store to buy a six-pack of beer, and I did buy it, but I didn't drink it. I prayed instead. I called out to God, and he told me, go to church. And I and it was like I knew Calvary Chapel on Thursday night, 7 o'clock. I went to church, and I believe happiness is searching God, seeking for God. Because in this world, that's what we need. We need to keep seeking God because God is our happiness. God will always help us through everything. And I wanted to share that story. And the thing is, when I did pray that prayer, I said this, Lord, I'll go if I don't get any red light. And I came all the way from Compton to Torrance with no red light at all. And I didn't have to speak. No speeding. So I just want to say, cast thy cares upon him because he cares for you. That verse that night stuck with me. All right, because Jackie. I was always studying Bible verses. I know it's late. It, it got to go. But happy, thank you so much for letting me share. Thank happy, you. Happy Fourth of July, Jackie. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. All right, everybody. I hope that you have a very good Fourth of July. And let me just leave you with this. We've we've touched on the idea of the national conscience. Um, you know, there is the national conscience is the idea that we are about something great. It isn't just we are somehow about something great because God just anointed us and there isn't something for us to do. We are about something great because we were given a foundation to do great things, to actually be a country that cares about people around the world, that cares about poverty, that cares about human rights, that cares about freedom, that cares about uh, people's the, the natural rights that we believe people have. And that's something to celebrate this weekend. And uh, I'm going to talk more about that on the 4th of July show on Monday, so you can check us out then. And if you are looking for something to do with your family related to the 4th of July, I'm going to recommend something from uh, our sister station, Dennis Prager. Go to DennisPrager.com. If you go to that website right now, he's got this thing on there that's called the 4th of July Declaration, the PragerU 4th of July Declaration, a ritual for Independence Day. And it's something they came up with that's great. And it deals with our country, the positive things. It also deals with the things in our country that we need to talk about that are our original sins, slavery and the struggles that we've had. But it helps us focus on the hope that we have as a nation and how we get back to our ideals and the national conscience that we are meant to have, a national conscience that says, we are Americans, and that as Americans, we have been blessed with freedom to make sure that we serve our our fellow man. And that's a biblical notion. That's what we are called to be free. Galatians tells us that we are called to be free, but we shouldn't use our freedom to indulge the flesh, but rather to love one another. So go out and love one another. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Happy Fourth of July weekend. Have a great, safe weekend. God bless you. I'll see you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.